Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. Yeah. 
3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. And hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander peoples listening in um, by any means. Um, lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can um, email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. Or look for the posts on Facebook on my page, Sally Goldner AM, the only band to be on, Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne, and also look for the posts on the um, page accidentally of our guest today at around quarter past 12, um, Navrina Sperovsky, who is the co-convener of the Victorian Gain, well, a Victorian organisation. So, um, but tune in. But I also will obviously have to acknowledge a few other things. Um, we opened up today with Men at Work and High Wire because that's where Daniel Andrew is right now. Daniel Andrews, Premier of Victoria, is walking the high wire with the big super presser. Sounds like a giant iron. No, it's the roadmap press conference um, instead. And um, so there will be some degree of multitasking on today's show. I'll try to keep you up to date live as it happens for those who are listening in live. Um, obviously, people awaiting news and um, on all sorts of thing- things what are happening. Um, so try to keep you up to date with that as well. As I say, catching up with our guest um, from the Victorian Pride Lobby, which, um, you know, just um, if you're not aware, there's some degree of mystery there. Um that is an organisation that has had that name for only a little while. Um, and we'll talk with Navina Spirovska, um, as I say, around quarter past 12. Um, so lots happening. It's also Father's Day um, and happy um, Father's Day to those identifying with um, that, um, you know, sort of approach, with that um, sense of identity. Um, very, very important that um, that you're there for your Families of any sort, of any description, of any background, um, all sorts of families um, and all that sort of thing. Um, also, um, thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the Marine News, as they do every um, Sunday morning from 11.30 till noon. And on Father's Day, they spoke a little about seahorses, who, of course, defy um, um, characteristics of gender, sex characteristics, and other thing, because they um, sit on the eggs. Um, so, of course, um, there's all sorts of gendered stuff in nature of all sorts, of all sorts. And so all these people say, well, these just men and women, you know. Uh, I don't think so. Um, so there we go. Well, there's a couple of other things um, to talk about today, as well as catching up with Navina. Um, we'll also be um, got some big buy news as we head towards Celebrate Buy Day and Buy Week um, in around mid-September. Um, some big news for Australia and New Zealand um, which I'll um, drop the hint on and a heads up and all that sort of thing. Um, but also it struck me that today is the 20th anniversary of when Victoria got um, uh, anti-discrimination protections in our Equal Opportunity Act, protecting sexual orientation as gender and gender identity as defined. Now, acknowledging right off the bat that these may or may not have been good practice at the time, but you know, understandably have slipped there's no coverage of non-binary identity, for example, 
And whilst I can't speak directly for intersex, I'm well aware of the opinions of intersex that they don't really cover um, intersex variations well enough, not even by the standards of the um, 2013 federal laws, which um, now there's been a better definition since. And if you look on the website for Intersex Human Rights Australia, IHRA.org, make sure you go to .org, because if you go to .com, you'll end up at the International Hot Rod Association. Um, but intersex people can drive fast, fast cars. There's all sorts of diversity that can happen. But um, at IHRA.org, um, intersex, they use the practical definition, quote, intersex people are born with physical sex characteristics that don't fit medical norms for female or male bodies, end quote. And so that just says there's more than two bodies at birth. And so there's lots of ways. You know, we're not three boxes of, um, two boxes of seven and a half billion each. There's, some people say, well, um, you know, is there one box of seven and a half billion or seven and a half billion boxes of one peop of people? Um, there could be both because we don't like binaries. See, there we go. Um, so lots to consider there. Um, but yes, um, 20 years since the um, those laws um, came into um, or were passed through the Legislative Council after going through the Legislative Assembly a week before, the anniversary of the proclamation is um, on uh, 9th October when they got the Royal Assent, uh, no, not Her Majesty, the State Governor, Tien Scones or something like that. And yeah, there it is, 20 years on. And look, um, you know, acknowledging the limitations of definition, the definitions that they're not complete and that they're not covering all the people they need to cover, um, you know, they have obviously made a difference. And content warning, mention of transphobic violence, you know, prior to that we had, you know, well, to start with, sadly, stories of people wanting to affirm their gender identity in their workplace and the anecdotal evidence was 95% of people just lost their jobs. It was too hard. And, of course, nowadays, um, very different. I had an interesting story during the week, which I'll keep de-identified, of someone who felt disappointed that her affirmation in her workplace wasn't celebrated enough. I mean, in the old days, it was sort of, you know, kept a little quiet or, you know, um, all that sort of thing. But over time, it has progressed. And I remember in around 2012, hearing a story of a trans woman who worked as a bank teller who, said this accountant, after the books were balanced one Friday and all the tills checked and all that sort of thing, sat the staff down um, for, I don't know, tea and scones perhaps, um, and said, look, I'm affirming my female gender identity. And I'd never heard of that before. So we do have now lots of celebration and we need that. Acknowledging, of course, I think it's still important to acknowledge that it's not all, um, you know, sort of honky-dory for everyone by a long shot. And of course, that can vary according to location and other factors um, where you are, not just in Australia, but around the world. And, you know, um, you know, really need to be aware of that. So, you know, it was a, an interesting time. Um, there was, we'll say, some political shenanigans going on where someone, we'll just say we thought was supportive, turned out not to be and tried to, in my opinion, tried to wedge the trans community. Um, and we'll just say that person's sort of somewhere under the trees now. Um, anyway, story for another day. Probably can't say it on this station. Um, and, you know, sort of, well, that person went rushing off or something. But um, seriously, it, you know, was good. And it was interesting, four years later when I was um, giving a presentation at the now-called Victorian Equal Opportunity Human Rights Commission, 
and was telling about those things prior to 2000. They said, well, have you heard of those happening? And it's like, no, they stopped. So to quote my dear friend and um, sometime listener to this show, Kayleen White, who quotes um, that saying, the law may not change the heart, but it can restrain the heartless. Um, and so really important. Now, as I said, there's going to be a sort of parallel, you know, sort of like a parallel universe here today. We will keep the show must go on, and we'll get uh, I'll get Navina on the line very, very shortly. But um, the first quote that I've come up from the super presser, um, the giant iron, no, that's Daniel Andrews' road out conference, um, has come up that um, we can't run out of lockdown. We have to take steady and safe steps to find that COVID normal. Now, I don't know what that means, but that is a quote from. Premier Daniel Andrews. We'll keep you, I'll keep you um, up to date um, in this sort of parallel universe. Thank heavens for the coffee and I'm boosting my multitasking skills. Um, In the meantime, um, as we gear up to talk to Navina from the Victorian Pride Lobby, here is the obvious um, track of choice, an anthem no less from Jonah. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR, um, .org.au, 3CR Digital, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. You gotta have pride, don't be ashamed, our love is the same. I got pride, I am what I am, I'm taking a stand. I got
Fitzroy Legal Service has launched a free information and advice phone service for people who have been stopped, questioned, fined or charged for breaching the new COVID-19 restrictions. Have you been fined or charged under the new laws or stopped and questioned by police for being outside? Call 0434 136 501. Weekdays between 9am and 5pm. That's 0434 136 501. Or head to fitzroy-legal.org.au for more information. You can also report incidents at covidpolicing.org.au. Fitzroy Legal Service is a 3CR supporter. There's kind of a lot of a lot of things that are coming up to the fore at the moment as well, particularly in terms of the way that we imagine, for example, essential work and also sort of essential community life or essential caregiving um, and how those how those function. If we think about sort of the way that queer family often takes very, very sort of different forms and very, you know, important and meaningful forms that often don't match the picture of normative, heteronormative family life, but how so many of the of the affordances or the restrictions or the kind of the, the government governmental sort of imagining of the way that we should live and what we need to live and what we need to survive really is shaped around heteronormativity. You know, it's around the family life in the suburb, as opposed to many, you know, single individuals who have shared queer family both sexual and community connections that sustain them and that kind of give them give them life and give them give them sort of energy and comfort and safety and security and support you're listening to 3cr community radio 855 am on digital and online 3cr radical radio Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR.org.au, three CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally first and on eight five five AM out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon till one Sunday afternoon. And well, this show is live um, at nineteen minutes past twelve at this time. There's a time call for the old fashioned radio listeners. Uh, and look, do have to update. It's a sort of split show today. Um, yes, the stage four lockdown extended for another two weeks is the news that's come through in the last few minutes. But the curfew going to 9pm, given longer daylight hours, two hours per day of exercise, um, social bubbles to be um, you know, sort of um, increased for those who are single, those who live alone um, and will be able to partner up with someone else. Um, the five kilometre rule will not apply. So, um, you know, sort of um, there's a lot of things coming in there. Um, outdoor gatherings of two people allowed for a household for two hours, not the one hour of exercise and playgrounds will reopen. So we're getting some news coming through. Um, so I'll keep you up to date with that. But as they say as well, the show must go on. And, well, we just heard um, messages of relevance to queer people, one in particular and one, well, relevance to lots of groups. Well, and also we heard from Jonah and an anthem, Pride. Um, anyone would think this show was planned because on the line I have um, from the Victorian Pride Lobby, Nevena. Nevena, um, Nevena welcome to, um, well, welcome back to 3CR. Thank you, Sally. It's fantastic to be back. Oh, I'm having some 
technical difficulties. Mm. Navena? Is that a bit better? Sorry? Is that a bit better? No, you're very faint. How about now, Sally? Still very faint. Live radio Is people of all any... genders. I think we might um, just... I might sort of get Navina back on the line um, and um, see what's um, going on. So um, live radio. Um, yep, we've had a dropout, as we do. Um, so um, hold in there, people of all genders. And, well, in the meantime, in honour of an anniversary yesterday, um, lined up this, well, it's a, it's a camp classic, if it's not anything else. Um, here is um, a track to honour an anniversary, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR, digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. Manamana. 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 The question is, who cares? 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon to one every Sunday afternoon. And we just heard um, Manamana from the, in honour of the 44th anniversary of The Muppet Show premiering yesterday. And as someone said on Twitter, no, um, the Liberal Party's been going for longer than 44 years. I didn't say that. That's just what they were saying. All right, let's see if we can do take two. Nevena, let's see how we go. Fantastic, Sally. I think we've got it this time. Oh, gosh. I don't know what's going on here. 
Um, oh, I can still barely hear you. Um, not sure what to do here. Is this um, at all? Is this better, Sally? Paging. Or how about this one? No, we're not having any luck. Oh, damn how it. Um, well, um, well, I'm not really. Um, uh, yeah, look, I just, I'm sorry. I'm not sure why I can't get you through, but um, just not coming through. Um, oh, sorry about that, Sally. No. Yeah, what a what well, a nuisance. Just not our luck um, today. Look, I'm sorry. We'll we'll give it one more try. We'll just try to roll to another track. Um, that yeah, something is definitely a mark. Um, and you know, sort of. Um, yeah, just can't seem to get um, here. You never know. One last try. No worries, Sally. Might just be gremlins no, in the technology. It's not coming through. Um, um, trying again. No worries. Third time's a charm. Ah, actually, you have just seemed to have come through, um, and hopefully, all right. Um, uh, so I'm going to. Um, if listeners are listening in, if you're not got your ears on Mr. Andrews, um, let's try that now. Never know. Thanks, Sally. Wonderful to be here with you today. Yes, not sure what's happening there with um, the tech. And look, if anyone is listening uh, to the show today, let me know if you can now hear um, Never know. Um, um Oh, both completely audible to listeners. We've got this. Um, it's one of those high-tech moments. Thanks, James. <laughs> Breathe. All right. Welcome once again to 3CR. Um, you know, thanks for um, giving up your time on a Sunday. And, well, let's put um, a bit of fun, but let's put people um, out of any mystery. Um, what um, the Victorian Pride Lobby, um, people may not have heard the name, but you've been around for around 23 years. What's the explanation? <laughs> Well, Sally, we've had a little bit of a facelift. So although, as you mentioned, we've been around since 1997, the Victorian Pride Lobby changed its name from the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby. We recognised that there'd been significant changes uh, over the last 20 years in our community, and the lobby was actively considering how we could not only better reflect our community, but also be more inclusive of the people we advocate on behalf of. So over the last year or so, we've been on a journey and that has taken us all the way to July where we held a special general meeting to change our name to the Victorian Pride Lobby. Indeed. And I should just declare that I am a life member of said organisation, um, just for the um, sake of declaring that um, in the interview. Um, you know, as you said, that the community has changed and it is important that we're inclusive um, and, um, um, you know, it is really important that we do that. But on the other hand, you know, over time, other organisations have um, emerged and grown representing, we'll say, various stripes in the rainbow. So how do we, how does it, how does it go about balancing both, said this um, Libran, as we're, you know, two weeks away, two or a half weeks away from that time of year? That's a great question and one we very much considered when we were changing our name. But in doing so, we were considering how our remit, our mission statement and our values remain the same. And 
very much in our ethos is that we don't speak on behalf of the trans and gender diverse intersex and asexual communities, but rather we work alongside the corresponding organisations to achieve positive social change for the community. So I think it's incredibly important that there is representation for the different stripes and along our journey of changing our name, we worked very closely with Transgender Victoria, Rainbow Families Australia, Bisexual Alliance Victoria, Equality Australia and Intersex Human Rights Australia, just to name a few organisations. Yep. And look, I'd better declare obvious interests as someone who works for Transgender Victoria on the Committee of Bi-Alliance. But even declaring those interests, I think that that sort of consultative approach to make it clear why it was being done is just to make the name relevant, but not take anyone's space and, if anything, to work more effectively. If I can say so myself, as um, that um, you know, that I think it was a very good um, consultative process. Um, and you know, it's just it shows when you do it right, it's really done quite easily. It was really. Um, you know, I, I, if I can um, suggest that perhaps writing up the process as well as the outcome and documenting it, I think is really important because it just shows how valuable it was to consult. So declaring any interests, of course, thank you for so doing. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, Sally. That very much means a lot to us. And it was something that was incredibly important for us when we were undertaking the process to make sure that not only people were meaningfully engaged, but they're um, feedback that they were giving us was considered and was at the heart of the reason why we were making those changes, as well as going out to the community, to our members and supporters, and giving them an opportunity to have their feedback. And overwhelmingly, we found that the change was supported by the vast majority, 98% of people that we surveyed were in favour of the lobby changing its name. And we found that uh, people really were supportive of the plan to move forward, to be more inclusive and to have a name that reflected that. Definitely, definitely so, um, you know, that it is that important. So it has been done consultatively and, yeah, um, really important. So we've got, you know, we have, you know, refined that name now and, um, you know, obviously work goes on and there's a few things to talk about. We could, you know, um, all equally important. Um, I might start with one. Um, We are, of course, and particularly noting today, that, um, you know, um, what is going on. We are, of course, in the middle of the pandemic and state of emergency. What have been, I'll just say first, implications for groups that can and potentially and actually do face discrimination in this time and the um, approaches of the Victorian Pride Lobby to that those situations? Well, we found and we've outlined in our submission to PIAC that the pandemic has, much like a tornado, wreaked devastation across our community and that has had a detrimental impact on our physical and mental health, our incomes, our businesses, community venues, organisations, but most importantly, our lives and livelihood. But in times of crisis, respect for and protection of human rights has become more important than ever. So we found a lot of our focus has been on monitoring some of those restrictions and providing recommendations when appropriate to do so. And one example, Sally, would be that we don't take issue with the wearing of the face covering when leaving home. However, we have been concerned that the associated fine for disobeying the direction will disproportionately impact those of lower socioeconomic backgrounds, including our, our community. 
and we feel that authorised officers will be better placed to provide face masks rather than infringement notices. So that's just one of the recommendations we're putting forward to PIAC and one that we'll continue to campaign for. Yeah, look, I'm, I agree. I think that, you know, there's, um, you know, has the balance been quite right? Um, I'd sort of, you know, have to say not quite. And I think that some of, whilst I don't, you know, I I, feel, I totally agree myself. I don't often bring that in, you know, I, I, my own opinions in with the wearing of masks. And yes, it's inconvenient, but we've got to do it. But I think there's better ways to enforce it rather than this sort of the sort of approach, which has been, you know, sort of heavy-handed. And I mean, I'm going to bring this in. We saw during the week um, the approach when arresting a pregnant woman. Yet I haven't seen Sam Newman arrested at all. So why is there double standards based on, say, gender for starters? Exactly, and it's been alarming to see the rise in the use of force and the disproportionate. Um, display of it. This is not how we get people on board and that's not part of a public health process and response to the crisis. We've also been concerned with the expansion of powers of PSOs, that's protective service mm. officers, that don't receive the same amount of training as uh, mm. Victoria police officers, but are still issued with a gun. And for many people in the community, especially for people like myself, who English may not be their first language or come from a culturally and linguistically diverse background, they may not be able to recognise the difference between a PSO and a VicPol officer. And, you know, there could be some confusion there if those powers aren't exercised accordingly. Wow, there's a, there's a lot in there. I hadn't heard about the PSOs and the gun situation. Um, if they haven't had the right training, I mean, as someone who... Um, for a long time did the Community Encounters Program at the Police Academy, which where PSOs were added in um, later when police came, you know, came in first. Um, that I do know they generally get less training, but if they've been thrown in at this time um, without you know, some extra, extra training or you know, of some degree, that's actually really concerning. I mean, and you know, we see sadly too many times police respond overly aggressively and a, a case that comes to mind is a dear friend of mine who sadly has a very aggressive neighbour who plays loud music. Um, police, She um, called police, the police then came into her house to talk to her and she began to get upset and a bit emotional and her mm. mood rose and the police officer put a hand on a gun in her house, you know, um, and that's, you know, that's not even anything to do with COVID or anything else. So, um, although obviously the situation um, with the loud music playing neighbours being exacerbated massively at the moment. So these are the sort of things that are going on. And so it is really good that we have organisations like Victorian Pride Lobby to cover, to link in the broader issues with the needs of rainbow communities. And I think that's uh, a perfect segue to another very significant piece of work that we're doing at the moment, which is yes. our Police Attitude Survey. So we put this out approximately four weeks ago now and we were really overwhelmed with the response that we received, which included over 1,500 responses from members of the Victorian LGBTIQA plus community. And what that is telling us is that overwhelmingly people do have things to say about police and we're really interested to understand the nuance of that and engage in hot-button issues. For example, the role of the police at Pride uh, both as part of the Pride March and as a community safety capacity and the ongoing and active conversation about the role of police in our lives, 
especially during the current pandemic, we really wanted to provide the community with a platform to have their say. So the survey has finished now. We're in the process of analysing those results. And, you know, there is quite a few visceral responses because that can be a reflection of the experiences that our Mm. community has had with the police. Yeah, look, there's a, a few things to to unpack in that. First of all, fifteen hundred, and then it was it was around for a short space of time, and people are, well, whatever things you know, they could say they're distracted by the pandemic. It's a stressful time, and you know the emo, you know, and I totally I can understand why and how the emotions are high, and given the um, history of police with our rainbow communities, but also then breaking down rainbow into say gay lesbian, trans, and so on, and then adding in multiple intersectionalities. I can imagine some of the responses. I mean, um, you know, sort of if you can, if you are able to, if you've seen a couple I'd like, and you can, I'd like to hear about them, but also when are you, um, is there a, pl- a, sta- a plan at this stage for when the full report will be released? Because I think it is really critical. We do too. And uh, just touching on the plan, we will have a public community consultation where we put forward our recommendation and also present the report to the community, just thanking them for the information that they shared with us confidentially and anonymously. From there, we'll be also doing a stakeholder roundtable to make sure that these recommendations are fed up to you know, organisations like Poll, different agencies and different departments involving Commissioner Roe Allen as part of that process of and as a liaison for government as well to make sure that the lobby is working constructively and cooperatively to, as a uh, liaison between the community and these different agencies, having been entrusted with this very sensitive information. So while... The report hasn't been finalised as such. That will be made public in the next couple of weeks. Some of the responses that we have had, especially from members of the trans and gender diverse Mm. community, which made up approximately 25% of all respondees, so we're really happy with the level of engagement we've had from that uh, community, uh, was that there was a lack of understanding and sensitivity, broadly speaking, uh, from Vic Poll officers when interacting with them. And this could be from different scenarios, uh, for example, at community events, moving all the way up to events where they were involved directly with police officers. So we are seeing a disproportionate uh, response there, and it's something that we have raised with Vic Poll in the past. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, you know, in terms of trans and gender diverse as a percentage of rainbow communities, you know, as distinct from the whole community, I mean, you know, the conservative estimate of trans across the whole population is you know, 1%, but if you've got, um, you know, 1,500 responses and you said 25% were from people self-identifying as trans or gender diverse, you know, even the maths tells me that there's an issue in itself alone that people are keen to respond um, and want that voice heard. So it is hugely, hugely appreciated. But talking, you know, intersectionalities, I'd like to just take a couple of steps back if I can. You mentioned you're someone of multicultural background and, um, you have a first language other than English. Um, can are you able to just um, share a little about um, you know parts of your background and how they might have influenced you to do both the role you have with Victorian Pride Lobby, formerly Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby, for the last time, and also what perhaps um, how it influences your work, what else you might do, um, as well as um, the good work with um, the lobby. 
Absolutely. So my background is I was born in the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia and my family were displaced during the Yugoslav War. We had a humanitarian visa to come to Australia and it was a bit of a lucky dip at that point after many Yugoslavs were displaced around the world. Uh, we happened to land in Melbourne and that's where I've called home ever since and I count myself to be incredibly lucky when mm -hmm. I consider the happenings uh, back home and also the escalating um, disproportionate poor responses that people in Macedonia have and that being having the largest um, death rate in Europe to COVID. So, okay. you know, it's really difficult to, to read that as well as having the most polluted air in the world in our capital city. It hasn't been able to transition particularly well to the 21st century following the breakup of the Yugoslav countries. And I think what's really imprinted on me is, you know, a sense of justice um, and a sense of wanting to diminish discrimination. It's something that is very prevalent back home. Um, there's not much rainbow rights. There's not much in the way of rights altogether. It's a, it's a, it's a bizarre place to go and visit, but one worth visiting all the same. And so in joining the lobby and being involved in community work for, you know, 15 plus years, I've always looked for organisations that strive to do better, especially in a rights framework. Yeah, look, gosh, mountains to unpack. I mean, I'm just say my, my heart moved as you were telling that story, first of all. There's so much in there. And thank you for sharing it and for honouring us. Um, and I'm honoured that sharing, um, you know, with us. And I thank you for your openness. And it's, you know, sort of says that um, a lot of things that sometimes we can sort of get that rough pecking order of gay and then lesbians are doing okay and all that sort of thing. But you've gone through other things there. And I think that's really important, you know, things that, you know, are obviously horrific. And then I suppose the other part of it is, I don't know, I I wasn't quite sure if it's relevant what age you left, um, um, you know, what was the um, you know, Republic of Yugoslavia and came here. But then, of course, at the time, I, time you've had to deal with, um, you know, sexual, sexual and romantic orientation. I don't know which label you use, but how was you know, putting it all together um, and throwing in those angles? How was that going as well? It was a very bizarre experience and, you know, I think that's very common amongst Eastern European people and people who have that. We don't exactly have many pride idols and uh, it's something that I certainly didn't have growing up in an incredibly conservative household and discovering that about yourself. Um, I uh, was a lesbian growing up and then realised, you know, after I moved out of home at quite an early age with family differences and the like, that you could actually be attracted to all genders of people and having that experience open up and now I use the label bisexual. It's been an incredibly powerful awakening for me and one that's, uh, you know, that's just given me the opportunity to experience life as my full self, whereas before I was incredibly shut off and uh, projecting only a very small part of who I am. I feel like I'm just bursting with pride wherever I go now because I've had that opportunity to explore that and find that out about myself. Well, again, thank you for sharing that. And I've got to say, safe distance, by fives to you. Yeah, by fives to you, Sally. <laughs> and, um, well, I am a good time to 
um, give a quick mention now that um, the first Australia and New Zealand stand by us Oceana conference, obviously a lot online is um, coming up and there'll be a full program released early in the coming week, Monday or Tuesday. Um, so hope to see you on there uh, for sure um, on the on the on the zooms um, and look um, might have to um, have a further chat about some things off air um, but th- you know th- um, you know thank you for for sharing that it's um it is still I've got to say personally still a thrill to me to find another bee um, wherever I go there's more <laughs> and more there but we've often faced um, isolation you know both in broader society and under the proverbial rainbow, so there's still that thrill when you mentioned that, and I'm you know really pleased to hear that, and I think your intersectionality and what you've journeyed through gives you so much insight, and we need that more and more in our community. And the other thing I was going to ask, if I may, when you're not doing stuff for the lobby, um, which we know sadly our communities are massively underpaid if we're paid at all. Um, what do you, um, you know, sort of um, what else goes on in the life of Nevena? Well, quite a bit. <laughs> I've got many, many uh, fingers in many, many pies. I just love and adore and find my calling in volunteer work. So when I'm not volunteering for the lobby, I also volunteer for National Homeless Collective, mm-hmm. which is the First Nations-run organisation that seeks to, you know, uh, support people experiencing homelessness, social isolation and disconnection, as well as victim survivors of family violence. Uh, Particularly, I volunteer with the Melbourne Period Project, which provides menstruation items and support for female, non-binary and trans and gender diverse people experiencing homelessness. I work full-time in the community services sector and also volunteer at one or two other organisations. I truly can't help myself, Sally. (laughs) <laughs> um, well, yes, you're a sucker like me, I, I, but I'd better, I'd better warn you as someone who's been to, um, did it for 25 years, just be careful about burnout. But, <laughs> and, I'll heed your warning. And sort of, you don't have to um, name the organisation or anything, but um, in terms of pay, you know, paid as distinct from unpaid work, what sort of role um, do you do specifically in the community sector, if I can ask that? Yes, certainly. I work for the Peak Body for Child and Family Services in Victoria, the very long-named Centre for Excellence in Child and Family Welfare. Uh, So I work there across their strategic projects, communications and media. So I do a lot of work in the advocacy space, especially around children and family experiencing vulnerability. Oh, look, excellent. Um, Lots going on there. Um, You know, sort of um, all good things. And I'm so... I'm so glad. Um, I did hear a few months ago about um, the, um, you know, um, distribution of tampons to, you know, sort of in a very gender inclusive way, if I can put it that way. And as sort of the fact that you're in there, well, you know, that, you know, clearly we're in good hands, which is very, very awesome. And on a lighter note, any sort of when you're, if I know you're a sucker for volunteering, but any other hobbies, pastimes, things that you do? I am a very... Oh, and this time we definitely have some dropout. And we're best. Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to find out what it was, but we're just about um, 12 minutes to one. We're just about out of time on the show. Uh, uh, Live radio, people of all genders. I'll find out what the hobbies were and let you know. Um, Wow. Um, 
look, it's just so exciting to have such a person of diverse background and diverse interests on the show. Um, so, yeah, let's have another track um, for all the good queer people who volunteer out there. Here's Dave Graney from and the Coral Snakes from the album Night of the Wolverine and the opening track, 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. Just to hit, 
Animal Species is a show about animals, for animals, listened to by humans. Tune in Sundays, 1pm. That's us, 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally, um, Born to be Wild. Um, just to um, finish the interview, not sure what happened with the phone there. It wasn't the same issue as before. That's a radio moment. Um, well, when we, if I ever do a Out of the Pan bloopers, I'll tell you what it was. But um, Navina likes one hour, Navina likes one hour walks, um, is a baker and was happy to swap recipes. I'm happy to be the liaison there. And if I pinch the recipes, well, is that, um, do I declare fringe benefits tax or something? And when safe and um, legal to do so, likes being on the tennis court, as she said in her words, like a lot of East Europeans. So there we go. Um, so thanks to Nevena for coming on and um, um, really cool um, to hear. Well, lots of things to quickly update. Um, you know, sort of, um, um, first of all, um, hi, roving, um, woving reporter. <laughs> lots of messages today. Um, and yep. Um, so yeah, we've got stage four for another two weeks, but some restrictions easing um, very quickly. Um, there'll be singles and single parents able to visit a friend, um, no five kilometre distance, but still curfew. Um, so no late nights. Um, and um, Roving also says, disappointing to see the freedom protests yesterday. Yes, I'd agree with that. Um, and Roving has said, where is our freedom boy defending these actions? Um, he's lost his cape and mask or something. Um, roadmap for mental health. Well, um, I think that having the, um, you know, you know, the connection for singles will be helpful. Um, and, you know, sort of, um, you know, um, you know, also Roving said in terms of police perspective here, as well as the excessive force with some members, you know, and compared to the U S we're still doing a bit better. Well, a bit better, less worse. I don't know. Half glass, half empty, half glass, half full there. Um, but yeah, um, and thank you for the comments. Great interview. We need diversity in these spaces. I agree. Um, and um, so, uh, yeah, lots to cover there. Now, very, very quickly, um, great excitement. Watch out either late Monday or Tuesday for the announcement of Stand By Us, the first Australia and New Zealand um, by conference, obviously a lot online in these times from around the 18th to the 23rd, declaring my interest as uh, someone in um, Bisexual Alliance Victoria, which is co-organising this with numerous bi groups and people around Australia and New Zealand. Now, we did want to call it Oceana, but um, you know, we didn't really have people in there and felt it was tokenistic to call it Oceania, but one hopes maybe next time um, we can do that because it is so important. And wherever you are listening in the world, there'll be all sorts of links going up, website going live, as I say, um, probably um, early in um, the coming week. So watch out for the really excited about that um, in this time. We know that um, isolation is not great, but um, we can connect. So 
um, really looking forward to having guests and um, getting information um, over the next few weeks. Or It will happen largely in the block from the 18th to the 23rd um, Australian time. So um, be um, putting through lots of information, but also make sure we have lots of people on in the next few weeks. Um, so um, bees can buzz in and we can cook up the pans and um, buy fives and pan slaps and all the rest of it. All right, um, I think I've got it all covered. Um, yes, the um, news on the various um, sort of um, you know, sort of roadmap is there, but won't go through that now. I'm not quite the time to do it, but of course you can look it up. And you know, look, obviously, still distance to travel, um, and you know, such a, a challenging time for us all. Um, so stay hip, people. In the words of Dave Graney in the Coral Snakes, and we'll take it out. Um, it's not quite ultra dancing time yet but um, have a little bit to take us out today of the Gypsy Kings and their version of a classic rock song, um, The Eagles, Hotel California. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Once again, thanks to guest Nevener from the Victorian Pride Lobby, well, for the last time, formerly the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.